Welcome to the Local Analog Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Welch, and today we are talking to Ashley Coleman. Ashley is a brilliant artist and photographer based in the American South. This conversation is different than many others in that most of the time, I talk with people who are either in the commercial photography boat or the YouTube boat. Ashley is in neither. I've always considered her work to be true to storytelling and genuine moments that will be remembered for a long, long time. It was a refreshing conversation about motherhood, showing work, and the fine art photography industry. So, thank you for tuning in and enjoy this conversation with my friend, Ashley Coleman. Ashley? I am in Mississippi. I am in rural central Mississippi on a farm. (laughs) Yeah, so tell me, so you're in, uh, are you in your home office Yes, I have never had an office, and I am slowly inching my way towards one. <laughs> so I love this it. will I be my it. my space. Yeah, I think the picture for people who are just listening, she's got a picture of her. I know Ashley's family, so I know this already. I'm not a creepy person, but she's got <laughs> she's got a picture of her daughter holding a, a I guess a blue jay, a bluebird, uh, a bluebird. Yeah, yeah, and that that's kind of like an iconic photo of yours. I feel like I feel like that's a photo that you know people know that photo very well. The orange sweater mm-hmm. with the blue, the blue yeah. bird. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It yeah. was fun. One of the first times I, um, I guess semi staged a photo. Yeah. Um, we had found the blue bird in our front yard and I couldn't resist, uh, yeah. A- yeah. asking Mary Mac to hold it for me. Yeah. So, okay. I feel like there are so many things, so many rabbit holes we could go down, <laughs> but, um, okay. So, for those few people who don't know you, I want you to just kind of give like a simple introduction and okay. tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, the work that you do. Okay. Um, I was raised in South Carolina and I moved here to Mississippi about 10 years ago. Um, it'll be 10 years in November. And um, when I moved here, I turned to photography to kind of make sense of a new place because even though I was raised in the South, Mississippi was very and is very different um, than South Carolina. And also I moved from a city to a more rural setting and that was um, just very different. So I started taking photographs to kind of figure out (laughs) what I was seeing and um, to make sense of things. And then from there, I just kept, kept going. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, and you kind of, you know, if you looking at your work, your work kind of details uh, like a lot of storytelling. And so you see a lot of your family, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you see a lot of kind of what's around you, what's your surrounding. Uh, so like, you know, you have like an idea of like a travel photographer, someone who like goes and takes photos in New York city and they have all these photos of New York city on there on their, you know, their portfolio, but they, yeah. live, they live somewhere else, but your work right. is just, is just like where you live. I mean, like you, you kind of right. have made a knack out of, uh, of photographing the things that are around you. Um, how did that kind of come about? Like, what is your thought process with that? Uh, it started at first, um, I was photographing this really tiny town where we lived, um, for the first six years. And, I didn't want to photograph my family because I felt like women who photograph their families (laughs) were kind of put in this, I don't know. I didn't like where 
I didn't, I didn't want to be stuck as like a mom who, who photographs her kids. And yeah. so, um, I was very reticent to photograph my family or even, well, to show photos of them. So I, I photographed the town. And then from there, I was kind of just photographing people in Mississippi. And, and, um, and then, as you know, when we moved, when we were in Jackson for a little while, um, doing a lot of photography in Jackson uh, around the city and the people who live in Jackson. Um, but I, all of a sudden I realized that even if I was, even if the photograph did include the, my family or my children, it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily talking about them. That wasn't the narrative. I was more like wrestling through, um, things I was struggling with and they were almost a stand in (laughs) for things that I was wrestling through as, um, a woman and as a mother and as someone who has a creative drive. So that's how I ended up, uh, shooting them, photographing them more. Um, yeah. And so talk to me, you know, you made an interesting point, like people automatically assume since you're a female and you take photos of your family, they automatically assume like you want to, you're like pursuing bloggership or like you're trying right. to make like a, cause we've seen those accounts, you know, we've seen those websites that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the direction you were going. Right. And, and I think that no one ever mistakes you for that. <laughs> you know, no, no one, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I could see a photo of your son, you know, you posted a picture of him riding a bike and mm-hmm. like that photo is just like, like it is just like captivating. Cause it's like, He's, he's frozen in time. There's so much movement in that picture. And like, no one thinks like, Oh cool. Ashley's made a, another blog post or whatever. Right. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think it was about, you know, decisions you made or, I mean, I could probably give an answer, but I want to hear kind of from you what your kind of process was to avoid that. Um, I actually did a workshop with Aline Smithson maybe two years ago. I, I don't know if it might've been a little bit longer and she was talking about family photographers and she made a point in her talk about when women photograph their families, they tend to, or there is a tendency for those images to be more romanticized or um, staged isn't necessarily the right word, but uh, there's some really incredible women who photograph their families, but in a more, um, imaginative landscape. So they'll like set something up and then photograph within that setting. Um, and then she made a comment about how men, when they photograph their families, it's a lot more raw. And, and then she gave some examples of of that and it really hit me and it kind of upset me because I was like, why aren't, women showing the raw side is it because like how you know when we're a lot of times bearing the brunt of living the things that feel so raw (laughs) and and um and I know I have felt pretty uh, I've wrestled with you know motherhood I love it but it's not easy um so I I think that's when I started photographing more, you know, family life and trying to figure out 
if I could do that. And I don't think that I have, I don't think that I can do it um, completely because when you're the mother, you still have to comfort someone before you take a picture (laughs) typically. So, Oh, I realized in the photographs she had shown of some of the men, it was like maybe the mother was maybe comforting. So he was able to get a really raw moment because you still have one parent there or, or maybe the parent was just off, off the edge of the frame. Um, So this is kind of a meandering. So I I guess my overall point was when she said that I was like, I want to be able to show as a, a mother still the raw feelings and the raw aspects of childhood and family life and being a parent. And, um, I'm still working towards that. So, yeah, yeah. I I know, um, you know, one of my favorite photos of yours is a photo where it's like, you're, you're basically probably sitting on the ground and you're photographing the bottom of your refrigerator (laughs) and and like, there's like food and blueberries and like (laughs) products, like groceries splash on the floor. Um, and and I think like, you know, most people would see, see that and say, oh my gosh, I've got to clean this up. But mm-hmm. you're like, no, let me go grab my camera. So yeah. what, what what is that kind of thought process? Like, because that's obviously like your approach to photography. It's like, you know, photographing, you know, there's no such thing as perfect. And so mm-hmm. you've kind of embraced, you know, that mantra, so to speak. And how, what's your approach to photographing uh, your family in that way? So when we moved, um, this might be a little bit long, but when we moved here to this, to where this, this farm, to where my husband grew up, I didn't really want to move here. And um, it took us about a year to get the house empty before we could move in. And I had a lot of feelings about that. And so I started photographing the things that I was upset about while we were cleaning the house out. And so it's all in black and white. And, um, and as I was doing that, like cleaning out this house and photographing the things that made me mad or just upset, I realized that the by taking a photo of them, I was able to step back and kind of let go of the frustration and it became more of a meditative thing. Mm. Um, and then once we moved into the house, I realized I had started doing that to the kids <laughs> and to thing into messes they made. And so it was just like, I would be really upset like about that, you know, about the blueberries. Like, I think that was the third or fourth time they had um, gotten into the fridge and spilled the entire container blueberries and finally that time I was just like no one move I'm gonna take a picture (laughs) and and it was just you know to be able to kind of compose the image helps me step back and take a deep breath and not feel so explosive sometimes um and to see the humor in it and then as time goes on and after the photo is developed and I get it back I'm like oh that wasn't so horrible like why did I, why did I feel so upset about that? Cause that's just not, wasn't such a big deal. Right. So then I'm able with time to see the humor and also um, the beauty in it. So I I use it more as like a meditative (laughs) thing when I get frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a really helpful, uh, you know, learning from you in that way. 
because, you know, a lot of my, I guess, bread and butter work is like shooting food. And so like mm-hmm. my job, my job is to make food look good. Right. And, and, or make scenarios look good and make them appealing for people to buy into whatever it is. And you do and, such a great job at it. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I'm just thinking like a lot of what I started to do is like abandon that approach of making everything perfect and mm-hmm. like, you know, trying to make things look real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, cause I, I felt like a lot of the, I guess a lot of the, 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 the look I was going for at first was like, I want everything to feel like it was shot, you know, in a, you know, immaculate setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just had to like, realize like, we need to start making more messes. I mean, like, this is yeah. looking so fake. This is looking yeah. so dry. Um, like who wants, who wants to even like enjoy these pictures? Cause it was really right. just, it just kind of became like a thing to where my photos were just basically what the chef's idea of perfect was. Hmm. And, and, you know, now it's, you know, we're using different kinds of things and like a chef will come out and say, or, you know, somebody, an onlooker will come out and say, well, you know, it's not served that way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, like we're trying to create, right. a, we're trying to create a sense of feeling and a sense of um, emotion that is attached right. to a, a plate of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I feel like that's so much of, you know, you mentioned you started photographing things that upset you. Like that is like the most humorous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> just, just because like, you don't think about that. Cause when you're, when you're upset, you know, the last thing you're thinking about is, um, Oh, I've, I need to take a photograph of this. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like yeah. marriage, it's kind of like marriage counseling whenever, right. you know, you're, you're talking to this counselor who like has like your best interest at heart but like they give you these tools, how to handle conflict. <laughs> and then you like put them to use and like you're in marriage and like things are tough and you're in conflict. And the last thing you want to do is do like the circle of like, you right. know, <laughs> the circle of, 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 of listening or that's the yeah. last thing you want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Have you shared that work, uh, that the black and white images of things that upset you? Um, it is, I think it's on my website and I have, sh- I have, um, like people have seen it, but I haven't, I haven't, yeah. um, I have it printed in like a portfolio, but I haven't showed yeah. it. Well, we'll, uh, I'll link that in, uh, yeah. the notes so people can kind of go back and, and look at that. That is so, yeah. it's, it's humorous only because like, it's such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, like, yeah, it was just out of frustration. <laughs> yeah. But um, So, uh, before we began, I was kind of talking to you about, you know, a lot of my friends uh, that are uh, photographers are are typically, you know, you have you have so many categories. You have people mm-hmm. who really love gear. You have which mm-hmm. I love gear. You mm-hmm. don't love gear. That's not something that is true about you. Uh, but I mean, I do you, love my camera, but <laughs> right, right. But you don't you don't have you don't have like the constant pursuit of the next no. camera, which is no. something that I have unfortunately, uh, and I, I have gotten better. Um, yeah, <laughs> but but you're you're also one of the you know very few photographers that I know who are actively um, selling prints. You are actively having work displayed in galleries all across the southeast, all across really, I mean, the, the, the region of the country that we live in. And so, yeah. um, and you also have like a, a group of photographers that you work with called, uh, yeah. New South co-op. Yeah. And, um, obviously I'm so thankful to know most of the people in there, but, um, yeah. so tell, tell me about that. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you get there? I mean, 
Cause you know, if, if a gallery ever approached me about it, I would not know what to say or what to do, but that, cause mm-hmm. that's such a world. So right. what is, what is kind of that world like? And you know, <laughs> what are some things that you love about it? What are some things that you, yeah. you know, have experienced? Um, I, I, f- oh, I don't know where to start. I think I, f- with the, with galleries, I first, um, there was a gallery owner in Jackson and I just wanted her advice about the work and I wanted to know like her perspective and where she thought I could grow and what needed to improve. And so I um, reached out to her to see if I could come by and just show her work, not to, you know, get in or to exhibit with her, but um, just to <clears throat> get feedback, um, mostly just because I wanted to to get better. So I took a you know, a work to her from um, Rodney when it flooded and uh, showed her that, like, prints of that work. And then from there, she, um, which shocked me, she really liked it. And she uh, off, she asked if, you know, I would like to do a show with her with my friend Ellen Rogers. And so Ellen and I ended up doing a um, show together where we both – showed together oh, sorry no problem. where we both showed work um, individual bodies of work simultaneously um, which was a huge blessing and wasn't something I ever thought would happen anytime soon <laughs> yeah. so um, that that was um, a really wonderful experience and it pushed me to think about more the pricing side of work, how to price work, mm-hmm. um, additioning prints, paper, like how I wanted it printed, that sort of thing. Um, and so I'm thankful that it kind of pushed me in that direction to pay more attention to um, printing and yeah, um, that sort of stuff. And then from there, I, when I showed work on Instagram, actually another gallery, um, her name's Claire and she's the Claire Elizabeth gallery in new Orleans. She saw a print and, um, bought a print when I did like an Instagram print sale. And, um, and then that led to showing work with her and she's been a huge, um, support and encouragement and sold a lot of work. Um, through her gallery, which was, has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so thankful for, for her, but it's just kind of been, I don't know, willing to put yourself out there <laughs> and also being told no, because, you know, my rejection folder is pretty big. Sure. I keep track <laughs> of all of those. <laughs> so like, you know, for every great thing that happened, there were probably like 10 or 15 or 20 right. rejections. Um, but I kind of view every submission process as an opportunity to hone what I'm saying and mm-hmm. um, get better at sequencing, which is not something I still feel super comfortable with. Um, and so I don't know. I just use it as an opportunity, like school. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know, s- school for myself since I didn't you know go to art school. Um, yeah. So your most recent, or one of your most recent, and I forgot the name of it, but it's basically the you know, you have a shot of your son in the cornfield, like a a part of that body of work. So how many, how many images are in that body of work? 
that one um, has, I think, like 35. So I guess when I do a portfolio, I try to narrow it down to 25 images, okay. 20 to 25 images. But I also s- t- sort of think about it long term. Like if I ever wanted to do a book, have at least 60 to 100 images. So yeah, I yeah. so have like a large a large body, and then narrow it down to the, to the highlights, um, and the highlights are what I would submit. What's and kind of in your mind whenever you're you know you're calling? Because I mean, you know, when I call something, I'm saying these are the keepers; these are the mm-hmm. ones I'm not ever going to use. So right. when you call something, you say these are the ones for today, but these right. I might I might come back to you in a decade right. or something. So right. how, when you're calling, you know, for how, how is there a, is there a really like systematic approach to that? Or is it really just a gut feeling? Like what is, what is your kind of approach to that? Um, a lot of it is a, is a gut feeling. And I had an older photographer tell me like, just live with the work and let the work talk to you, <laughs> which sounds mm-hmm. weird, but um, that's kind of been true. Just kind of being willing to sit with the work. And so I have proof prints and I'll lay them out and look at them. Um, Sometimes it's just a image that really sticks with me that I really love. And I don't know necessarily whether it fits in, but I'll just kind of put it in my, my extras folder (laughs) and just to see, I also, you know, want to make sure things are not redundant. Right. So, so you you know you don't want too many photos of you know the blueberries on the floor. Yeah, right. Or or, or the equivalent of that. So um, you want to keep it you know tasteful and have a sense of you know right this is a very unique moment. This isn't a moment that happens daily that I get to just like, but it, <laughs> but it kind of is a moment. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, cool. Uh, tell me about Maine, the state. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tell me about your relationship with that state, your family's relationship with that state. Tell me, I want to hear more about, uh, hear about, about Maine. that. Yeah. Um, I, my grandmother was a kindergarten teacher and her best friend was also a kindergarten teacher. And that friend had a house in Maine or has a house in Maine. And through them, what starting when I was like 13, my family was invited to just come up and visit for a week or two. Um, and that just snowballed into <laughs> a family love for Maine. Um, mm-hmm. and so we have been able to go up each summer for a couple weeks and stay in the same place. And so, um, so it's been neat having children and them now having similar experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they're younger. But it's like I can already see them kind of layering their memories on top of mine and doing things that I did when I was little. Um, and so I've really enjoyed having a space that we, we go back to and we can kind of mark our growth. Because I feel like, I mean, I guess you can do that in your own house. But there's something about like a once a year thing where your family all rendezvous yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and you can see everyone grow up and you guys um, and drive. Now, yeah we drive yeah and i mean and for people who aren't familiar with like the united states <laughs> mississippi like to maine to 23 hour drive yeah wow so 
we wow. we usually break it up on the way there and on the way home we just do it in two days so um, when you go are you thinking about work are you thinking about photography are you thinking or is it literally a getaway i mean what is it for you normally um it is well it used to be more of a rest and then with children. I, I realize mo- moms and dads don't really get vacations in the same way ever. Um, yeah. ever. And so in a lot of ways, it's like daily life here is moved to daily life there. Yeah. Um, but then also simultaneously, there's a lot more freedom. Um, and I think I, I don't think it's not work. I don't ever think about it as work photography wise. Um, I stopped taking my digital camera to Maine three or four years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so then it just became fun. So yeah. I take pictures when the moment strikes. Um, but we really love it. So I feel like there's like a whole body of work in Maine, but I don't really know what to do with it or how to incorporate it. But you have yeah. a couple of pictures that makes me so happy that y'all have them. <laughs> yeah, they, they have graced our wall. I mean, and people people talk about them and people, you know, look at them and, and I'm like, yeah, those photos are like, <laughs> those photos are awesome. Uh, I'm a huge fan of those. Um, okay. So tell me about, um, you know, earlier we were talking about, uh, you had mentioned like the possibility of a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is kind of, do you have like plans for a book? No. Is I this, mean, it, always, it, always, <laughs> Always in my head, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. nothing um nothing definite. And I and I, I think I always just I think long term. So I'm like in ten years or in fifteen years, yeah. I would like to have work that's solid enough um that people would want to look at it in that form. I also think it would be an interesting process and it would push me in a different way, even if it's just one that I did a small one myself or something like that yeah. through blurb. Um but no, I like I like thinking about thinking about things in the future, and um, yeah, sometimes with kids, it can just I can feel like I'm missing out on stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, in ten years it'll be different. I can do such and such. <laughs> do you have that kind of brain to where? Because as a commercial photographer, as someone who like like I've got to support my family like 100 percent on what I'm doing, so I've got to be right. thinking in those kind of you know, terms of like, like I don't sell my, I don't sell prints. Like I don't, I don't sell, I don't have an avid, I don't, it's not, it's not something I'm truly passionate about. I mean, it's yeah. uh, just not for me right now. And yeah. so how, how important is it for an artist like yourself? Um, you know, not saying commercial photographers aren't artists, but how important right. is it for you to think in that mindset, to think in that mindset of um, like you, you pay bills with your photography um, and you buy film with your photography. And if you don't make money with photography, you know, that's going to inhibit you from being able to make photos. And so how do you, do you think in terms of like, like this is a business, I'm an artist, but this is a business. Oh yeah. What is that like? I think, I don't know. I feel like it should be something that artists talk about more because you want to make work, but you also have to survive. So you want to be creative and you want to be an artist, but you also have to be uh, practical and on top of things. Um, So I, I was asked by someone um, 
by the the head of the photography department at state Mississippi state to, to um, talk to a class earlier this year. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to say, I kind of was like, just go to take a business class, like make sure you're up on your math so you can do like some basic math and um, know how much it costs to get something printed. If you can't print it yourself, like how much does it cost for you to print it? How much did it cost for you to make the image? If you're selling it through a gallery, how much is the gallery taking? And then, which will be half. And then that's, so you have your, the half of what the gallery takes and then subtract your expenses. And then that's how much money you make. And so I literally like broke down a print for them. And I'm like, yeah, it might seem like it's a lot of money for this print, but I only make a hundred dollars or $125 off of it. So you have to, I don't know. I feel like you have to be, you think about it. Yeah. And, And, you know, if you think about it like this, like, you know, film, you know, a box of, I guess, uh, specifically 120 film is going to cost you, you know, like 40 to $50. And um, then the print and then, I mean, gosh, like if I've ever, if I ever had any doubts about the price of photography, um, I don't anymore. Um, Just because when you get into film, when you get into printing, when you get into framing, all those details. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah, especially, especially for me. But, yeah, and the frame. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I guess it's more financially, uh, you know, beneficial for you if you sell directly. That's mm-hmm. probably better for you. But yeah. obviously, galleries have a reach that you might not have. Um, right. And galleries are going to get people that are like off the streets. You know what I'm saying? That may yeah. never heard of you before. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, that that's like something that I've always felt that there's an extreme need for is mm-hmm. that, you know, photographers really lack a sense of, you know, like, hey, you know, you have to pay taxes on, right. on you know, all the money that you made last year. Right. Those, <laughs> the, like those 1099s that you got, like, yeah, you have to give those away to your accountant. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't ignore yeah. those. Right. And uh, I, I've always felt like there's like a, like a really like desperate need for there to be like more um, you know, information for photographers to like understand that you're going to need all these different things in order to not get like jacked up by the IRS, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there. that's where, um, actually where shooting weddings helped me because I had, I had to pay taxes. <laughs> right. So I was already like in the mindset of right, paying exactly. taxes on everything, um, use tax, sales tax, you know, so that helped. But then just kind of breaking it down and realizing, I mean, I, I don't have the time or the skill to print my own stuff right now, which is something I'd like to learn, but yeah, in the season of life. So, you know, working with a printer, um, yeah, all the, all the expenses <laughs> add up, but I think people too forget that they can use Instagram to sell their work. Yeah. Um, and so there's like a weird, I think there's a tension between, or you just, if you're with a gallery, need to talk to them about, you know, selling your work online um, and selling your work with them. So I try not to sell work online that I have yeah. with someone. So one of the things that I've gotten the pleasure to do is to go on one of your photo walks, the Southeastern yeah. walks. Uh, and that's been, you know, such a good uh, resource for me. I mean, I've met 
still to this day, some of the people that I communicate with daily on social media. Yeah. And, uh, and it's because of, it's because of these photo walks. Tell me about kind of the, um, the beginnings of that, uh, and how that kind of came to be. And obviously this most recent one, unfortunately was canceled because of everything going on. Um, but tell me kind of what your thoughts are, you know, well, firstly, you know, how it began, but then also I'm I'm curious to know like what your thoughts are going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so you, you know, Ray LaRose, I, yeah. I met Ray and he, he was doing a photo walk in the Northeast and I was able to go, um, he did one on Nantucket and I was able to go to that and meet a bunch of photographers. Um, and I just loved the community. I loved like finally meeting people that I had followed on Instagram and I loved that it just felt non-competitive <laughs> yeah. and like a bunch of people being nerdy about their cameras and, you know, also not having to explain why you're doing what you're doing. Cause everyone was yeah. you know, kind of on the same page. Um, and so I talked to Ray and I was like, Hey, do you mind if I kind of take your idea and do it in the South? Um, and he was fine with it. And so that's why I kind of started the Southeastern walks, um, as a community building endeavor. Yeah. Um, just to do something where people could get together and just visit and be in a new place. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I've been to, there've been two or three, there've been two or three photo walks, right. In the Southeast. Um, two. And then the one this year was canceled because, um, yeah, because of COVID. Yeah. So I've gotten to go on both of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just the, 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 the one before this year's was in Savannah mm -hmm. and, and it, I mean, there was, there was nothing like being there just with a group of people, like mm -hmm. you said, who were all on the same page. There was no need to explain things. It was like the perfect av avenue to geek out. And like, yeah. I just, I remember like we went on this walk and uh, I don't know what happened, but like we were, <laughs> we, were, we were around like 15 people. And then like me and Olya, we, yeah. we ended up, um, taking a right and nobody was around us anymore. And she and I walked like three or four miles, uh, wow. by ourselves. And, uh, like, but it was like prime time photography. Cause like, mm -hmm. like we, we, we found ourselves in this part of town that was just like utterly different than yeah. Savannah, like downtown Savannah. Right. And, yeah. uh, and you know, some, some of the, my most favorite pictures I've ever taken are in that little square of where we ended up walking. Yeah. But I, I just remember like from, you know, going out to eat, like there's just such like a, there's such a lack of, not a lack, I don't want to say lack, but it's so hard to find community mm -hmm. in, in this photography world because you're either, you know, hung up by a sense of competition, rivalry, mm -hmm. um, or you're just like shy and you're like not confident um, that you can actually have friends that also enjoy the things that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And uh Gosh, I just, I've loved that. And I, I've loved being able to, you know, meet guys like Trip Davis. Yeah. And like, he was such a, a joy to be around, you know, yeah. for a few days in Savannah. And he and I still talk like regularly on Instagram. Yeah. And it's just guys like him that you meet that, you know, you never really uh, lose relationship with. Or or like you said earlier, Ray LaRose. I mean, yeah. Ray was like a hero of mine because when I first started shooting film, he was one of the people that was like, uh, 
posting articles, writing articles mm-hmm. about different types of uh, metering right. or yeah. whatever it would be. And like, that was right around the time he's actually posting this work right now as, as we're, you know, talking, but this work with, he did with the Leica M2 where mm-hmm. he went on the boat and like, he right. has this shot of like this like sailor and like, there's like these birds and it's just yeah. like, it's like an iconic looking shot. Yeah. And then, and then you meet Ray and you, and, and Ray's like, just like this humble, like, yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's so great, you know, yeah. and, uh, and just so willing to talk and, uh, you know, encourage. And, and I think those walks have just been so amazing. And, um, mm-hmm. obviously can't wait to start those back up, you know, once we yeah. get out of this quarantine season. That right. we're in. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Well, for sure. I'll reorganize it. Um, I was looking forward to the one in March, but it'll yeah. happen again. It'll happen again. Okay. So tell me, uh, we talked very, um, quickly, you know, earlier about, um, like I had mentioned that you're not really someone to like chase after gear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like (laughs) as long as I've known you, um, you've been shooting the same camera, um, the same film stock sort of, (laughs) yeah, and and, like the same type of work, you know? Uh, and I think like you kind of have this like perfect mixture of like, like a healthy sort of like, there's nothing unhealthy about that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And, and, and I want to hear kind of more about your thoughts towards that. Like, you know, and I want to talk to you about your, your camera and kind of, I mean, this is after all a film photography podcast. Right. I feel like I I owe it to people to at least address that. But yeah, uh, I mean, you've just made your camera just like a, an attachment, you know, of your body. (laughs) It's just like, you know, it just seems like you're able to, wield it like a like a weapon i mean <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so i, I want to hear more about your thoughts with that like what if you know yeah so i inherited um the hasselblad that i shoot from my husband's uncle and i was very uncomfortable with it when i first got it like i didn't like the way it felt feel yeah i didn't like the way it felt um it feels like it sounds wrong, but anyway, it just, <laughs> I think that's, that's correct. That's the correct. Yeah. <laughs> it felt unwieldy, unwieldy, and I the perspective was off, and blah blah blah. And so I, someone encouraged me to just shoot with it for six months and not shoot with anything else. And so I was like, fine, I'll try it. And so after a while, it just kind of became second nature, and I got used to it. And I don't even feel like I see in square, but as soon as I look through the lens, like through the viewfinder, I do. But when yeah. I'm just out and about, it's not like I'm composing things in my head <laughs> in a square format. Yeah. Um, and so I primarily shoot with the the Hasselblad, and then this past October, the sh- the lens shutter broke. And I didn't know it, and so I shot a, l- a lot of film, and then it was all blank. So while the lens was away getting repaired, that's like that's like the most tragic thing I've ever heard. By the way, I remember <laughs> I, ju- I just remembered when that happened. Yeah, it oh was 17, 17 rolls of film. So oh my gosh, I still periodically take the back off and like check to make sure <laughs> the lens is working right. Um, but it was actually, I think it was really good for me because when it was gone, I started shooting 35 millimeter, which we've talked about before. I've always felt pretty uncomfortable shooting. Um, 
But since the my main camera was away, I started shooting a lot of 35 millimeter and I actually really love it now. Yeah. So now I kind of shoot half and half. And recently there have yeah. been months where I've mostly shot 35 millimeter. Um, I have the Leica M2 that I bought from Ray. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have his. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, then, yours was actually the first Leica I ever touched. Oh, really? Person. Yeah. So whenever, I think you let me borrow yours for like a few days. Yeah. And had never used a Leica before. Didn't know they loaded from the bottom. Um, I didn't know that you had to like figure out, you know, specifically with your M2, like you kind of had to kind of guess where you were on the frame, you know, because it's like a, the manual frame or whatever. Yeah. And so like, wasn't used to that. Wasn't used to the rangefinder patch. Right. You know, I mean, like there's just, it's like the most manual camera in the world. I mean, mean, (laughs) there's, there's nothing it does for you except for like, open the shutter. Right. You know, and, and so that was the first experience I ever had. And, you know, now the rest is history. I'm, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a like a fiend. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. you're, you're so more. I, so I, I've been shooting that a lot. And then I actually, um, thanks to trip who we talked about earlier, I picked up a $15 Canon rebel G off of eBay. And, um, I can attach my uh, Canon L series lenses from, you know, shooting weddings to the, this film 35 millimeter. And it's been really fun to have that because it, it advances automatically and it focuses automatic, which I haven't had that for lots of years. Yeah. Um, and so that's been fun to incorporate with the kids and like with home life. Cause I feel like I can capture something that's more dynamic or there's more movement because it, it focuses faster than I can if I'm you yeah. know, manually focusing. So yeah. I've been shooting that a lot. Um, and it also feels easier to take it with me sometimes um, than the Hasselblad, but I still mm-hmm. love the Hasselblad. Yeah, so shoot it a lot. I, I, the first medium format camera I ever bought was a, a Hasselblad 500 mm-hmm. CM. And man, it was just so otherworldly to me, you know, having to compose the shot with, with, uh, with the, uh, cause like everything's kind of like, it's like backwards and mirrored. Right. And like everything's weird. And then yeah. I took the thing to Montreal and I shot like 25 rolls through it. And yeah. I, I love that thing. You know? I love those photos from Montreal. They're so great. There's like six of them that I'm like really, yeah. really, really into. Um, yeah. And oh, that's course, right. You won't, yeah. You haven't shown the rest of them. No, I you just, you yeah. need to post this. <laughs> At some point I will, you know, it's, especially now, cause you know, not being able to travel has been really hard. Like we had like, we had a couple of trips planned that kind of got, you know, thwarted because of all this. So yeah. we're feeling the need to get out of uh, Mississippi very, very soon. Yeah. yeah. But so uh, I guess I ask all that just because, you know, this has been like a time of, uh, have you heard of like having gas gear acquisition syndrome? Oh no, but <laughs> yeah, you probably thought I was really, going somewhere. <laughs> no, that seems really fitting though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of, a lot of what I'm curious about is like what people are like having that syndrome with, you know, for right. me, I just, I just picked up an additional, like a cue. Like I, I had right. one, I sold it and I just bought another one. Um, and <laughs> it's really just like the best camera. It really is yeah. all around just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 
are, are there any things that you know you've kind of been eyeing or anything like that or are you just are you just like perfectly content i'm pretty content with that's, my, that's amazing yeah, I'm yeah. So proud. um <laughs> yeah, I I have thought about selling. I have a A7 that I want to sell. Um and I have toyed with the idea there's like a Hasselblad um I don't know exactly what it is. It's like a wide angle. It's like a Hasselblad compressed and it only has like one focus and so you don't ever really have to focus. You just shoot. And I'm like yeah. that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um but I haven't even like looked into how much they cost or if they're even available. But it, it's just kind of like in the back of my <laughs> head. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to like chill out, you know, with because yeah. <laughs> like, like I just I always have gas, like in that respect, yeah. like, I, yeah. like year round. Like it isn't. If anything, uh, I have less now than you know normal, just because of yeah. you know everything's even more uncertain than it already is, you know, like it's just, it's just been such an interesting, interesting time. So uh, what is in your bag right now? You have the Leica Q. So yeah, I've got, um, you know, it's hard to say cause the Leica Q stays in our kitchen. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, it's the camera that I just want to be able to pick up and, yeah, if, you know, a lot of times like there'll just be a time where like my three-year-old Edith will just like stand in like the right light and do something. Mm-hmm. I just want to grab it quick. And and, yeah. and truthfully, film is really hard for that. Right. Um, just because there might not be a role in the in the camera or metering. Yeah. <laughs> and so like the digital yeah. really is quick. And you know, it makes it more about the the actual moment than the, the, mm-hmm. the gear. Um, but so that camera stays at home. But uh what I've got in the bag, so to speak, is uh, you know, I've got the Leica MP with a 35 on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh then a Pentax 6.7. And that's I've really narrowed it down to those two. Yeah. Uh, and I've also got a, I've got an RZ six, seven that I'm, I'm playing with right now. As oh, well. nice. Uh, yeah. And so it's actually a guy loaned it to me. Uh, oh, fun. I, I, I like seriously just made a, uh, a post on our Instagram and said, Hey, you might have an RZ six, seven. They would let me rent. And uh, this guy would just send it to me. And Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like in pristine condition. And so we've been making videos with it and, uh, we're going to make one more video with it. Then I'll probably have to send it back just because I, yeah. if, I, if I keep it too long, it'll just like slowly become mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by slowly become mine, I mean like I'm going to just like end up buying it from them. And I just, <laughs> I just don't need two, uh, six, seven cameras right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think if I had a, a wish list item right now, it would be either, uh, two things. One would be a, uh, Mamiya seven. Yeah. Or, or just because it's actually a six, seven, that's lightweight and you can take right. it. Um, yeah. And it's a rangefinder, yeah. or, or, and, or a Polaroid SX 70, which is the Polaroid that you can actually focus with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I thought about picking one of those up too, because it'd be really fun to shoot like behind the scenes stuff. Um, yeah. with it. but it's like $150, like yeah. in a kind of a beat up condition. So, and yeah. pol- Polaroids are really expensive. So, you know, weighing the pros and cons there is really difficult. Yeah. So a lot of times if I get serious, like inklings to buy something, I'm like, okay, I just need to buy film because yeah. like, I'm <laughs> me that. And so right. I've been having lots of like sessions on like filmsupply.com <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. To where I'm just paying way too much money for film. And it, it just makes you second guess it every time. Cause you're like, yeah. the, the digital is fine. You know, right. the, the, it, the, is. It, is it is fine, but it's like, you just click go anyway. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Didn't you have an M7 for a little while? Uh, no, I never had a uh, an M like a, like an M7. I mean the Mimia M7. Sorry. Oh no, yeah, the Mimia Seven. I'm yeah, sorry. I borrowed a friend's for oh okay like a month and uh, oh okay at the time it, I mean he was it's one of my good friends and so he's like I'll give you a deal on it but even the deal was just way too pricey yeah. for me at the time yeah. and I had the Pentax Six Seven but yeah. like I, it just didn't make sense at the time but you know yeah. one of the one of these days it would be sick to pick it up just because it yeah. really you literally can fit it in like a small bag. And yeah. I don't, I don't really own a bag that's convenient for toting the, the six, seven around. I mean, look at this thing. I mean, it's, I know it's so heavy. It's, I mean, I love the photos you take with it, but man, it nearly broke my wrist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, this is actually my second one. The first one that I actually bought from you. Yeah. Um, it like, I took it to the beach. I still have it, but I took it to the beach and like, I didn't drop it in the sand or anything. Nothing happened. But like after I took it to the beach, it just didn't work anymore. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And, and I, I sent it off to um, this is like eight months ago. This wasn't that long ago. Uh, I sent it off to this repair, and like I had, they couldn't fix it. And I sent it back to them; they couldn't fix it. Weird. So they said like rust. It, it started to rust on the inside, and so like the the, found, the the winding mechanism quit working. But I was able to just um, buy the body off eBay. And just yeah. attach the prism and everything to it. So it wasn't that expensive of a... Oh, good. So okay. it, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I actually did upgrade it to the, the newer 6.7. So that's been... Oh, that's good. Nice. Uh, I want to yeah. talk to you about one more thing before we wrap. I want to talk yeah. to you... And this is like, you know, we we're just talking about something so light as gear. Kind of going <laughs> going towards something a little, you know, more serious and, and weightier. But I want to talk to you about, you know, kind of your experience as a as a woman in, mm-hmm. in a, in a artistic, creative, uh, photographic realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to kind of hear, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot in the past and, you know, you've had, you've had some experiences to where, you know, um, that have made you basically say like, you know, your photography in a lot of ways is like a man's game, a man's world. And we even said earlier that, you know, there's a expectation for females if they're making photos of their family they're obviously, you know, a, a family blogger uh, or something mm-hmm. like that. So I guess like, I want to hear maybe a little bit of your thoughts around that. And, you know, we can get into the weeds or we can stay above, yeah. <laughs> above the weeds. I, I, I know that's something that's important to you. And so I yeah. kind of want to hear from you on that. Yeah. Well, I, I think that if you, like as a, woman who's a primary caregiver also for small children. I do feel like there are things that I would like to be able to do as a photographer that I can't do right now. Um, that, and, and obviously you, you kind of get into the fact that, you know, we decided to have children so that it, it was a choice, but still, I don't think that you realize um, all of the things that go into child rearing until you have kids. (laughs) At least I didn't. Um, So I think that there are things that I would like to do that I can't right now because I am the primary caregiver. And I think that that other women who are primary caregivers um, probably or maybe struggle with the same thing. That if you're like you, the primary breadwinner, life gets prioritized around what you need to do and um, whether that's work or creatively. And 
Um, so I just think that there are sacrifices that you have to make. Um, and I, and I say that, but it's also, I, I'm not like discouraged about it. It's like, there will be time in the future, you know, Lord willing to, um, to do those things. Um, but it does mean that, you know, maybe I can't submit as many places or, you know, do, you know, um, a job out of state or something like that, an editorial job. Like I can't like pursue to the same extent editorial work because, you know, my schedule is still centered around nap time. (laughs) Yeah. And and for those of you not watching, she she has her daughter in her arms right now. (laughs) Uh And I think it's just like the perfect, it's the perfect, (laughs) you know, synopsis of exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's, but you know, it's interesting you know, you haven't let any of those circumstances stop you from making beautiful work, selling work, displaying your work, um, talking about your work, you know, and, and like, I just can't imagine like what you'll do when the day, the day comes to where like you have more freedom and, uh, and, you know, I just, I think like hats off to you, you know, cause yeah. obviously you've got a lot going on and you're still able to make a lot of beautiful work. And so, yeah. I think think there's like, I think, I think a lot of the reason why I'm, I want to share the work I'm making now is it so, you know, other mothers that are artists know that they're not alone or just mothers in general (laughs) know that you're not alone and that, you know, it is chaotic and overwhelming and there is beauty in the chaos though. And um, just because you have children doesn't mean you lose yourself you probably have to you know fight a little bit to make room (laughs) for the things that you love um or at least like prioritize maybe in a different way but um i do think that um there should there's room for more voices um and i think that women do offer a different perspective um yeah. to the conversation. I mean, I can attest to that just based on this conversation. Like, like, you know, you saying like, I started taking photos of things that upset me, those kinds of, like, to <laughs> me, like, to me, that is such like a thing that like you would, I've just never heard like a, a man talk about before, you know? Right. And it's just like, you get perspectives just because like, mainly because like, you know, if I'm just being honest, like my wife, you know, is the one mm-hmm. who primarily takes care of our children throughout the day. I'm working. And so, right if, if the blueberries fall on the floor, like right. she's the one who picks them up, you know, yeah. or, and, and so it's, it's, it's just like a, it's a, it's a helpful perspective to see like women really do work super hard mm-hmm. and it's really like a thankless task, but then, you, <laughs> but, then, but then you throw on top of that, you know, the fact that you are making art and you're mm-hmm. photographing your work and you were doing such a amazing job and, yeah, I, I feel like I learn so much from you every time we talk. Um, oh, thanks, Andrew. And so uh, I really appreciate you just taking the time to to be on yeah. this today. I know you've got thanks for asking lots of stuff going on, and so <laughs> I just uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It's been fun. It's always fun to to chat with you. Yeah, so I enjoy it, and I yeah. love I love the the commercial work you've been doing and your photo the food stuff. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Just a minute. So if, if people want to find you, uh, 
you know, on the social stuff, where can they, where can they look for you? Um, I'm on Instagram um, at Ashley Coleman and then uh, a website. I am off of Facebook and very happy about it. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, Instagram and um, website. So yeah. Awesome. Those are my two spots. <laughs> and I'll, and, and I'll, I'll link that in the, uh, in the, the show notes as well. Well, thank you so yeah. much. I look forward to uh, talking with you again very soon. Yeah. Real quick. Can we, I do a pitch for due South? Oh yes. <laughs> do it. Yeah. So um, we mentioned it earlier, but I am part of a photo collective of there's five of us and um, we have been working together for two years Um and it's just been really fun to, to work with a, with a group of people that um, you trust, like that can really speak to you about your work <laughs> and um, who have the patience to like hash things out with you. Um, and so we've created two bodies of work, just kind of wrestling through different topics in the South and as Southerners. Um, but we have an exhibit up right now in Greenville at the, South, the Center for Southeastern Photography. And, um, and for that show, which was a lot of fun to work on, we wanted to, to emphasize or de-emphasize, um, who took the photo and make it more about the way the image related to the title. And so it was really fun to kind of put together a show that flowed like poetry (laughs) and, um, Mm -hmm. and it's been fun to, um, to work with these guys because they, you know, really push, push you to be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're, it's been, so I don't know that pitch to say, if you can find a group of people that you trust, um, it's really, really great to work collaboratively, collectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, uh, I envy that so much and I'm, and I'm, oh. <laughs> it's so great to, you know, see you guys work together and I feel like your work compliments, um, each other so well, um, yeah. you know, cause, cause I mean, you look at your work or David's work, uh, yeah. and like David's a Polaroid shooter, right? you know, and he's actually been on local analog before he's been on, we've done a photo walk with him, but yeah, I just, I Love think y'all, yeah, it's yeah. so fun. It's <laughs> he's so, so fun. great. Yeah. I, I, I could walk with him for a long time, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so absolutely. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, and we, we have some ideas for the future, so we're excited to kind of like expand past what we've been doing. And um, you guys, as a collective, y'all are also on Instagram as well, too, right? So do you yeah, co-op? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So right we're on. on Instagram and and um, have a website up. So right on. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Ashley, thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to talking with you again very soon. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. You've just listened to the Local Analog Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to dive deep into the creative mind and heart to become better photographers in our skill and in our character. For more information, please go to our Instagram page at Local Analog. Thanks for listening. See you next time.